Welcome to the Life Purpose Podcast, the podcast that supports you in finding and embodying your purpose. My name is Paulisari, and I am your host. Welcome to the very first episode of the Life Purpose Podcast. In this episode, we will look at how to embody one's purpose or how to live one's purpose. My guest in this episode is Brody Hartman. Brody is a purpose guide, just like me. And one of the things that makes him the perfect person to talk to about this topic is that he leads the purpose embodiment programs at the Purpose Guides Institute. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Brody Hartman. Okay, so welcome to the Life Purpose Podcast, Brody. So good to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. So let's dive right in. And um, I think it would be great if we set the stage a little bit. We're going to talk about embodiment, purpose embodiment today. And in order to give that topic a bit of a, yes, set some context for it. It would be great if you could speak a little bit about purpose and soul. Yes. Before. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think it's um, important to discuss certainly what purpose is. There's so many different schools of thought um, and definitions, and it's obviously quite a relevant topic that many folks are talking about. I think it's equally important from my perspective to name what it isn't. (laughs) Mm. Um, So, you know, purpose is not a job or a vocation. So many people come to uh, my work as a purpose guide and a teacher and a mentor um, probably in some sort of state of distress around their job, their work. And um, they're trying to figure out how to sort of ameliorate that, that situation that they're in, change their current job situation. And, and actually, um, purpose is... Um, actually, sorry, the... Um, your job or your vocation is is the last thing we tend to in our discussions, right? Yeah. It's an expression of purpose. Mm. Okay, so it's not it's not job or vocation. It's also not an end state or a thing or a noun. Uh, it's not something that's additive to your life. Um, not something you fixate, grasp, hold on to. It's actually a a lifelong process of becoming. Um, mm. It's a lifelong process of revealing what is already seated in us. Mm. I think it's James Hillman who said, "You know, each person is called into life, and purpose is really attuning to that call, and faithfully and persistently." following that call. And it's also um, connected to our own growth. So of course, it can never be something that's static. Mm. 
because mm. it's an evolutionary journey of becoming. Purpose is also <laughs> not a luxury. This is not a nice to have, something to put on your resume, something to check off your self-help, you know, checklist, check off your box on it. I, I find, especially now in the times we're living, it's, it's actually imperative to come into contact with your own deep truth, which is what purpose is connected to. Um, so just some level setting of what it's not. Yeah. Um, so what it is, <laughs> yeah. well, we'll see how many hours we have to discuss that. Um, <laughs> what is know, purpose? So what is purpose? Uh, so I, I, in the uh, Purpose Guides Institute program where I, I teach and mentor and in my own work, we either refer to purpose as soul's purpose or uh, sometimes I refer to it as deep purpose. Mm. Um, and deep purpose refers to the depth within us that is longing to be expressed and experienced. It's the unconscious that wants to be known. Um, and another word for depth is soul. Mm. Uh, and this is where purpose is, is rooted. This is where we derive meaning, is when we connect with the depth within us. And not only connect with it, um, but give life to it. Um, and I, I, the more I do this work, I, I, I'm coming into a deeper relationship with the idea that um, living purpose and embodying purpose is, is the ultimate act of creation. Mm. I, I've been really looking at it through this lens of creation, that soul, if soul is this creative impulse within us, mm. a kind of wild energetic quality um, that wants to use this vessel, right, called Polly, called Brody, to grow and express itself. So soul actually thrives on growth. It needs growth. It needs the oxygen of growth and new experiences. Mm. Um, so if we think about soul as a creative act, right? Mm. Um, it, it's actually both, it, it's a soul, of course, like there are so many definitions around soul and theologians and philosophers and psychologists have been trying to, you know, put their own label on what soul or their own definition of what soul is. Yeah. And it, it is, it is a paradox, but I, I think it's beautiful to embrace the paradox. I think it's both a, a spark and a flame. Mm. Like it's it's that original spark that's unique to our own essential nature that wants to be birthed into experience, and and the experience is the frame is the flame. Mm. So if it's both spark and flame. Well, what does that say? It says that it needs oxygen 
Mm. <laughs> and for me, embodiment, meaning um, it soul needs the friction of life experience to um, manifest, to come to life, to become a creation of itself and of you in the world. Mm. Right? So, <clears throat> yeah, so it's both the spark and the flame and the friction of life, meaning our relative human experience and day-to-day living is what um, enables soul to grow, what enables us to grow, of course. And there's so much to be said about how we do that. We'll, we'll talk more about embodiment in a, in a bit. Yeah. Um, but there is this, what, what is required, at, at the very basic, is, is a deep listening and attunement to that spark within us. Mm. Um, and then there is a, uh, a faithful apprenticeship to following soul's impulses into your um, daily experience like faithfully abiding by what that impulse, that intuition, that longing is drawing you towards. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, in in the spirit of trying to simplify things, right? If I think about a definition, a purpose, ultimately I think it's just doing what brings you most alive while benefiting life around you. Mm. Yeah. And there's much to be said about what it means to be alive, right? And, and what soul craves. But the, mm. the, the part of, so what brings you most alive, right? Where is, where is your passion taking you? Uh, where does it want to take you? Um, hallmarks of being alive are, I don't know, feeling a energetic sense of aliveness, right at the most basic level, vitality in your day-to-day life. Mm. Um, feeling alive is, is, is uh, connected to wholeness and clarity and coherence and connectedness and community, togetherness. Mm. Um, I think there's a sense of fulfillment. You know, when we have, so when there's an intuition in us that says, move towards this, move towards this um, person, this experience, um, this event, whatever it might be, this book, um, this podcast, right? Mm. And you pursue that and you trust it and you 
um, take in what's being offered, there's a kind of fulfillment. It's like, oh, I heard, I pursued, I followed, I learned, I grew. Mm. And there's a kind of fulfillment that that comes with that. Um, yeah. I mean, there's more to be said about this aliveness, but the other part of that statement, you know, what brings you most alive while benefiting life around you. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, purpose in my purview is, is always um, about fulfilling that, uh, completing that, that contract with you, if you will, with soul, you know, abiding and birthing that into life, that impulse, that, that creative spark. And um, my, my take is, since that is coming from the deepest place within us, a place of deep truth, you know, there's a there's a there's a lot of discernment involved here, right? There's a mm. there's a whole ego blockade and ego old ego patterns that we need to work with. But when we give consent, um, there is a um, I totally lost my train of thought on that one. <laughs> you can have to edit that out. Um, what was I saying? I just said. Well, well, you are speaking to the other part of this. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, so when we when we do that, there's there's this sense of um, belonging and connection and deep caring for all of life that mm. comes from that. Yeah. And so, by its essential nature, purpose. When you are. Inhabiting your purpose, basically when you're just inhabiting your truth day to day, moment to moment, mm. it is of benefit. It is of benefit because there is a place of care that's coming to life, mm. uh, a sense of care. Um, and, and I say around you because so many people also come to purpose work uh, with the question, how do I change the world? Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially given all that is alive in the world right now and and yeah. churning in the world right now. Well, it's it's more of an immediate um location that I'm concerned with. Right? How 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 when I live my truth abiding by this beautiful soul impulse to create to manifest to grow, how is that affecting those under my own roof? How is that benefiting my community? Um, how is that just benefiting my own um, thought patterns, <laughs> right? Yeah. That impact others. Mm. How does that affect my language? So it, it's much more uh, local. <laughs> and, and of course, you can take a larger stage and, and we can talk more about that as far as yeah. living and embodying your purpose. Mm. Well, that was a wonderful introduction to soul and purpose. Mm. 
Um, and oh, there were so many things there that I would like to dive deeper into. But let's let's stick to the embodiment topic. And um, hmm. so when it comes to embodiment, that's for many people quite a challenge. Like discovering one's purpose is is really just the beginning of the work. Mm-hmm. So I understand it. It's a crucial part, but 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 not if you don't embody it, it won't really do much to you or anyone else. Yes. So what is the key? Like what is what are the crucial, like the important elements of the embodiment process? What do you do after you have discovered your purpose in order to fully step into it? Yes. Uh, beautiful question and 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 a beautiful observation right around yes i can have a sense of of my purpose um but if i don't act on it mm. um it's it's actually um you're doing yourself and um your people a disservice yeah and and actually since it is it is a an expression of soul soul can actually shrink as well and yeah. recede to the back burner mm. so it needs expression it needs expression so in you know i i, I um lead an embodiment uh program at purpose guides institute um and each time i teach it putting a little bit more structure around it and so here's here's some things that that i think about and and offer students and clients around this Mm. i I think we have to start with the 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 word itself what does it mean to actually embody your purpose Mm. right if you if you actually look at the definition um it's in reference to soul or spirit actually having a physical form Mm. right soul or spirit having a physical form um and and i think it it actually is also has a root connection to personification right so um this physical body this persona this person uh, imbued with this particular unique set of skills and native abilities and um, curiosities and questions uh, and impulses uh, calling me further into life with meaning um, starts with the body. And I spend a good deal of time just actually <laughs> inviting people to connect with the embodied soul, spirit, beingness, mm. right? And there's there's a lot to unpack in that. So many of us are so disconnected from our own physicality, mm. from our own, um, yeah, so for, from our own sense of of physical place that we take in the world from our own sovereignty, mm. right? We shrink. I don't believe I have the right to take up space. Mm. I don't believe that I deserve 
X or X. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with clients or students or mentees that have come into the program or my you know, a relationship. And really, we spend a good deal of time just unpacking and working with those personas or aspects of us that say, we don't deserve this, or um, I am not um, capable of, of standing taller. Uh, we shrink a lot, and it's easy to do that. Culture mm-hmm. um, in, in, in all of its sort of toxic um, ways in which it spills out, and you know, there's lots to be said there, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's actually not easy to stand tall. Yeah. And actually, in, in some cases, it's quite dangerous to stand in your own sovereignty. There, there are those with an agenda to, to limit that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so we, we actually, I talk about embodiment as sacred residence. Mm. Taking up sacred residence in this gift that we are given. Right? And, you know, that, that's the basics. Like, how do I nourish my body? good food, good exercise, you know, soul food, nourishing food. Um, there's this kind of attunement, right? Can, can I actually attune to um, the cues that my body are giving me? Hmm. Where are the emotions um, tr- getting triggered in my body? So there's a, there's a kind of body awareness, an energetic body awareness. If we think about embodiment as sacred residence, there is um, aesthetic nourishment, right? Mm. What pleases the, the spirit? What pleases soul? Take in beauty. And, and obviously, uh, the, a primary teacher of that is being in nature. Mm. Right, so bringing this physical body uh, and the extension of it is the human nature body and that connection. Um, nourish, nourish the the part of soul that craves beauty. Right, you know, to go back to soul um, when we were describing, you know, some of its attributes, if you will. Well, soul is the unconscious coming, becoming conscious. And the only way it can do that is through images, through Mm -hmm. story, through poetry, through music, through dance, through, um, yeah, some sort of um, creative transmutation between the raw energy and um, you know, expression itself, making something intangible, tangible. Mm. That's embodiment as well. Um, I, I talked about sovereignty. Yeah. Right? So how do you stand in the world physically? Right? Like, yeah. hey, I, I invite people just to do a practice of standing with sovereignty in the morning. Mm. Feel yourself being present. Um, 
so there, there's, there's much more to be said around this notion of sacred resonance, uh, taking up sacred resonance. I just want to share one quick story. Last, I think it was last year, around, around a year ago, so I was on a hike um, next to this beautiful river by our house here. Uh, we live up in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we're sort of just um, grateful for all the beauty and uh, the natural world around us. And I was on this morning hike near a river, and um, just out of nowhere, you know, which is really how soul and the mystery usually communicates to us, they drop mm-hmm. some, it drops something in us, and we get surprised. And that's actually, actually how we know we're, we're in uh, communication with soul. And I just heard this term, be a good host to soul. Be a good host to soul. And I thought about that. I was like, what? What does that mean? And, and that's where I started thinking about this notion of embodiment as sacred residence. Mm. Right? And, and so the, the second part, uh, I want to get your, to your question. Um, I, I, I think there's still some more practical and tactical things I want to I uh, name. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's um, being a good host to soul be, so there's the physicality, the the emo, the uh, you know embodiment piece, being in my body and connected to it, and listening to it, and being attuned to it. But then there is translating that soul impulse into life, and and I call it you know this is where the soul rubber hits the road, mm-hmm. right? Um, folks who come to us sometimes think, oh, well, I got my purpose down. Everything else is going to be a cakewalk, right? Like once I know that things will just click into place, my jobs will line up, my opportunities will line up. And, and you know, there's a bit of, there's a bit of fantasy. Uh, and understandable, I, 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 I get it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we did all this work on discovering and connecting with this impulse and this aim towards our calling within us. Uh, but, but really, as you said earlier, that is just the beginning. This is where the rubber hits the road, is, is mm. experimenting, <laughs> practicing, cultivating your natural abilities, um, developing theories around your own unique way of being in the world, right? So there's, there's practice, there's exploration, there's play. We, we, we so underestimate the value of play. Hmm. I, I think there is this um, sense uh, around soul that it wants to be playful, it wants to explore, it wants to be engaged in really um, unique um, in unique ways, right? It loves novel experiences. We love novel experiences. Mm. And so how do we create um, the conditions in our life for, for playing with these questions around, okay, well, I, I have this sense of what I'd like to do. 
well, you've got to go. Ex- you got to go explore that, right? Again, soul will mm. contract. Will will contract. No. So, um, cultivating your natural abil- abilities, right? So you may say, "Wow, you know, I, I've had this this notion that um, I really want to write, you know, and." There's something in me that wants to be expressed, either poetically or in a novel or what have you. Um, you don't just get up <laughs> and write a novel the next day, mm. right? Um, you, you actually have to go hone your craft. You have to write daily. You have to sit down at the blank page, which takes vulnerability, which takes courage, which, you know, you, you know how all that goes. So... Mm. <clears throat> Um, so it's a constant engagement with what um, is alive in you in the moment and a constant engagement with your curiosities right and I know we want to get to some more practical things about work and you know uh, livelihood and all of that so maybe maybe you can do you have some questions that you want to plant in there? Yeah. Mm, let's see. There were so many things here that I'd like to explore further. So mm-hmm. let's see what seems most important. Um, so maybe sum up a little bit of what you've said so far. So firstly, there is the coming home to the body or letting soul inhabit body being a good host for soul Mm. and finding actually kind of the posture of your purpose yes and i'm guessing that could look different for different people like physically how it's expressed and but finding your physical expression beautiful and i get yeah and i guess the expression of your purpose is physically is kind of can be equated to being in your power. Like, what does it look like when you are in your power? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? And and what is that? So even when you say that, right, uh, for those listening, when you hear being in your power, mm-hmm. what, what does that do to your body? It's like you can almost feel that, that shift. Oh, alignment, coherence. Uh, creative energy starting to stir. Yeah. Right? So these are all the subtle things that we we tend to just want to get to the answers versus looking at everything that is teaching us. That's beautiful the way you, you, you touched on that. Yeah, and I'm glad that you're pointing it out, how it kind of immediately has this effect. At least I noticed for myself, while I was saying it, I was kind of like, mm. my posture was adjusting itself to more upright and, you know, <laughs> more open. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was the, like, the body part, and then there's the part of actually creating changes in your life in a way or like trying out new things experimenting as you said yes um yeah yeah i I, i'd like to just speak to that a little bit right so 
in, in the embodiment program that, that I lead. So folks come in, they come into contact with a, um, uh, um, we call it the mythopoetic identity, or it's simply a metaphoric image that, that we can touch as a touchstone and expression of our soul's purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, it's an active metaphor that, that uh, encapsulates uh, a, a process, a way in which this unique being wants to be in the world. So just by way of example, uh, throughout my discovery work, um, I came to this understanding that um, I'm a story catcher of sorts. Hmm. And as a story catcher um, of deep imagination, hmm. right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm deeply connected to um, the imaginal and the arts and... Uh, that is, that's just my, my, my natural orientation, right? Mm. Through things poetic, through things visual, um, aesthetic, etc. Um, so story catching. So I, I, for whatever reason, this, this being is, is able to sit with a client, catch whatever is spoken, unspoken, um, and mirror that, hmm. mirror the, 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 the soul images that they're dancing around or take them into those soul images that are coming up for them. And then, um, ultimately as a story catcher of the deep imagination, I am trying to walk people home to their own truth. Hmm. I fully believe that once we all come to rest and embody wholly the truth of what we are, uh, things will kind of just, I, I just have an inherent trust that all of us doing that is, is the necessary medicine for evolution. Because hmm. it's intrinsically wound up with beauty and truth and goodness and and positive generative evolution. So, so by way of this mythopoetic image, you know, people come into contact that, with that in our work. They sort of name it, and it's like taking on a sacred name or a new name. It's not mm-hmm. something you share with everybody necessarily, although I just did with your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is it's it's sort of uh, a compass. Right. Okay. So now what do I do with that? What does it mean to be a story catcher? There's no job out there that says looking for a story catcher, maybe a writer, right? That might be a vocation. Mm. Um, so what we do in our, in our work together uh, in these groups is, is I, I invite people to experiment. So we, we uh, unpack what our values are our values are actually really good uh, orienting compass to the way we want to be in the world and serve, right? Um, And I'll just give you a really basic example. 
So I have a brother-in-law that's a family doctor, right? And um, he serves uh, typically, I think for his whole career, he's been interested in serving uh, underserved communities, rural, poor population. Mm -hmm. So you could say that his purpose is being a doctor. Um, And I would say, no, that's an expression of his soul and his soul's values, which I know him well, um, are, are about caring, a deep, passionate caring, particularly for those um, who are, are you know, uh, underserved, at risk, ignored on the margins of life. And so his values are driving him in part into embodying um, his purpose for caring and healing. I can trace that back to his time in, um, in Africa when he was in the Peace Corps. Now, his natural abilities, so we talk about values and then we talk about what are our natural abilities that help us embody our gift. Well, he's really good in life sciences. He's a super bright man. Hmm. So he went to cultivate those natural abilities. You don't just become a doctor, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, he went and studied and, and, and pursued that to its fullest and to the fullest of his capabilities and continues to train and learn and grow through that. So long way to get to um, our values driving us into our, you know, connecting us to our calling, to that river of our calling in the world, cultivating our natural gifts. So Mm -hmm. some people may not have a natural uh, uh, inkling on, on, well, what is my vocation? No. What what do I do with this? Um, Well, that's where the experimenting comes in. Mm. I can't tell you that. (laughs) <laughs> no. not my job it's really your job to 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 go play experiment form hypotheses um talk to other people that are in areas that are, are of similar interest as yours um take classes read cultivate the curiosity and just faithfully pursue that line of inquiry and you can say well how am i going to pay the rent (laughs) (laughs) we can come to that one in a second because it's obviously an important one yeah 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 let's look at that part so yes we have the people who who know their purpose but they may not be completely clear about their vocation or like their delivery system, yeah. the, the best way to express their purpose and connect that to also uh, their livelihood. Yeah. Um, but then we also have the people who are pretty clear about their delivery system. And, um, and it can still be very challenging 
to to actually live that delivery system to put that into reality yes so let's let's talk about that part yes no doubt um so yes we have uh we can so first let's just name that we can have a variety of delivery systems in our life no um i spent the first part of my quote working life in uh the marketplace and the does communication world marketing world etc um you know we'll we'll have multiple voc- vocations and um jobs just you know at the most basic level right just know that mm-hmm. that is probably even necessary <laughs> for soul's yeah. growth right um even if you're a doctor right like just to go back to that example um you may actually also be a teacher right mm. so i'm teaching medicine uh, as another way to express this sense of deep care for uh, for people um, so yes, you know, I just, I heard an interview recently with Adyashanti and there was this, uh, powerful statement, which is, you know, it's purpose. I, I, as I said earlier, purpose, you know, it, what brings you most alive? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, well, what are you willing to actually die for? <laughs> Something, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the stakes can be quite high. And so, or I think he might have said, what are you willing to suffer for uh, hmm. as well? And that is, I think, from my experience, part of the friction necessarily necessary to spark that flame and growth. Um, there's, a, there's an expectation that everything should be easy and <laughs> just, you know, shows itself and there's abundance and it's not to say that's not the case right um but i I think there's a wide spectrum of experience here that that we need to to include and i i know for myself and working with many different clients across many different age groups uh there's a kind of impatience Mm -hmm. why not now well i'm not making it now right um right it may take time and we may be in the right direction but we may be 10 degrees off Hmm. (laughs) yeah and you have to be willing to um look at that and say well i thought it was this but uh, actually i need to shift a few degrees And, and actually that actually happens in i've seen it for myself and i've seen it for clients and students which is they're in a job that is quite unfulfilling and then you know i invite them to reframe and restate um almost rewrite the job description that better suits them Mm. and and do it obviously you have to do it thoughtfully and you you can't just go in there and demand to change everything but Having having an honest conversation with your employer, and say this this is actually more suited to you know to me being the best that I can be in this position. 
Yeah. And that that works. You you can redefine it on your terms. Sometimes we're afraid to do that. Or we're worried about the risk of losing that. Of course, that is a real concern. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this thing you said about being like very close to what it really is, but like 10 degrees off. Mm -hmm. I think I think we really need to be willing to fail a bit on the way. Yeah. Um like it's I mean that's the only way to move forward. <laughs> mm. Um because we're never perfect at something that we're just starting up with. And I think that's that's part of it, like to figure out that oh it wasn't exactly this, but to kind of correct on the way. Um yeah, I think something that holds a lot of people back is the the wish to have it all figured out before you get started. <laughs> and that's just yeah. never going to happen. Like forget about that. <laughs> Well, where where else in your life has that ever happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a story, and I and I understand it, right? Yeah, I understand the desire to okay, let's get on with it. Um, I just I want it to be so, mm. but then you're you're actually doing a disservice to um, the the lessons and the learning and. Yes, failure is um, so important. I'm so glad you named that. Mm. Uh, there's there's not a business school around that doesn't now talk about the importance of failure. Yeah, just as as one example, right? Mm. That's 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 experimenting. Yeah, that that's you, you, okay. That experiment didn't work. What did I learn from it? Now your attitude around failure is really important. Yeah. If I hold failure as um, um, a blow to ego, and of course there's going to be a little bit of that. Oh, well, I missed the mark on that one. And trust me, I've missed a lot of marks. Um, but the what what you know the attitude of what did I learn? Oh, okay, right. And and I'll, I just want to name the other thing about failure. Mm -hmm. um, equally important to knowing what you want to work, to move towards what's calling you forward and how best to express that in a vocation or a job or a role is what's not suited for your temperament and your calling, mm. right? Like, no, this is, this is a no. <laughs> um, and I've learned that. Okay, great. I know now not uh, where not to put my energies. Mm. That's I, I've spent you know a good part of my career banging my head against that one. Yeah. Is it this? No. Okay. Put that aside. <laughs> Is it this? No. Put that aside. Oh, there's a part of this. There was a little piece of that. Okay. And and then you start over uh, uh, over your life collecting those little pieces because mm. they're little fragments of your soul's mosaic. Yeah. Right. You're you're picking up those clues uh, by learning, by experimenting, by taking certain things off the table, by saying yes to certain things, etc. No. 
Yeah. And there's another side to failing that I'd just like to mention here. Um, because, yes, sometimes part of the process is to fail and discover through failure what we're not suited for. But also, it's really important to keep in mind that failing doesn't mean that you're not suited for it. It just means that yeah. you need to practice more. Beautiful. Yes, good, good, good reframe on that. Um, right. And that's another thing, right? What, what in us is afraid to put in that effort yeah. or resistant? Uh, we talk a lot about resistance in purpose discovery and embodiment work. I mean, it is the you know, resistance and that friction that I talked about um, turns many, many people away from, from fully stepping into their own shoes. Yeah. Right? Um, competing commitments, we, it's referred to uh, in our training. It came out of the work of, um, forget the name of the professor in Harvard. They talk about competing commitments. I want this success, uh, but I'm not willing to do X and X. Okay. <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, I like the word friction. It's kind of... Hmm. Yeah. When the rubber hits the road, there is friction. <laughs> like, how, how else would it work? <laughs> how else would it work? Right? Um. And I think it's really much, a, very much a choice between aliveness and friction or numbness and lack of mm. friction. So, mm. you know, you have those choices and we know how fun it is to live in numbness and, you know, valuing safety and comfort over everything else. It just, it kills the soul pretty quickly. Yes. Um not that there's anything wrong with comfort and safety. They're really important things. But sometimes we kind of need to, or quite a lot, to stretch our ability mm. to tolerate uncertainty. I love that, I love that idea, Polly, of, of friction that uh, stops you in your tracks, right? And, and friction that generates the energy to move you. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that word, I originally connected with that word, I think it was Tom Cheatham. He, he might have been quoting um, Henri Corbin. Uh, it was in his book, Imagine a Love, but it was this, and I'm not going to get the, the, the quote right, but it was something about, uh, you know, as humans, we're both um, ascending to heaven and falling to earth. And the, the friction that that creates is, is life, right? Yeah. And, and purpose is that both ascending to and falling to and the friction of becoming. This is why I say purpose is, is, is not this additive nice to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's our essentialness. Why am I here? Mm. What am I doing here? You know? Yeah. And I think in a way, friction, like if there isn't friction, it's kind of like, 
there's something wrong here. <laughs> like, mm. you're obviously not living your purpose. <laughs> mm. So I think actually when we experience friction, it's a sign that we're on the right way. I mean, it could be a sign of other things, but it yes. definitely could be a sign that this is like, we're really doing it. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and just to build on that, so, you know, there's, there's I think you said it earlier, there's, there's also the, the sense of flow, right? You know, mm-hmm. being in being carried by the stream of of uh, a sense of knowing that you're you're heading in the right place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, right? Even then, when you're being carried by the stream, um, you know, water has to travel around rocks, yeah. and the the rocks get eroded, and the water changes shape. So there, there, there's, there's always this sense of friction involved with movement and growth and, you know, coming to life. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, when we embark on the path of living our purpose, we really, we get both. We get the greatest sense of aliveness possible. Mm. But we also get really some formidable challenges. Yes. Yeah, so it's, yeah. And then the question is, in those moments of friction, what's the posture? And I mean Mm. that as much internally as I do, how are we meeting it physically in the world, right? Mm -hmm. You know, as, as, as yours saying that before i and thinking about my example of my brother-in-law being a doctor and and then i had this image of nurses and doctors on the front line in the pandemic Mm -hmm. right um here they are literally putting their values on the line um life and death for them and in the life and death friction the friction of life and death choices, et cetera. Um, and that is also a growing edge, right? For them. Yeah. They could recoil from that, but they move into it. Well, what, what is it that, what is that deep passion and care and those values that those frontline doctors, nurses, janitors, you know, cleaning crew at the hospitals are, are willing to put themselves right at that live edge. And that's yeah. where, all, uh, you know, that friction that we're talking about is all right there. Yeah. That, that's, that's purpose embodiment, you know, right yeah. there, alive right there. Yeah, that's really getting back to the question of what are you willing to die for? Yes. Yeah. And that's a, it's a really good question. I encourage anybody of our listeners who is in any way or other working on purpose embodiment and even discovery actually. I think it could be part of like identifying your purpose. What are you willing to die for? Mm. To have a look at that question. And what are you willing to let die? Mm. What am I willing to let go of? Because there's there's a there's a lot of that. There's a lot of severance. 
Yes. A lot of old stories, a lot of old wounds, um, you know, a lot of old beliefs. So there's a, there's a, um, a dying too, and there's a, a willing to let these old parts of us drop as well. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they, they teach each other, I guess, along the way. They do. And yeah, we, in order for something new to come online, we need to create space and let yeah. these old things die that have outgrown their time. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's one more thing I'd like to touch on, on purpose embodiment before we start wrapping up. Yeah. I think a really important, almost necessary um aspect is is the social support yes is to have people around you that support you in living your purpose mm. and not holding you back but supporting you because our culture isn't really built up around supporting people in living their purpose unfortunately so we need to create that ourselves yeah one way or the other mm. Beautifully put. I, I think um, there, there, it's here's the paradox again. There, there actually is no purpose without community. Mm -hmm. I, by its very nature, purpose when we're when we're living in accordance with our own truth um, and creating, manifesting. Um, our gifts in whatever form they take in the world, they're usually received by someone. Mm -hmm. They're they're usually in they can be in service of someone. Um, by its very nature, uh, we are we are soul making community mm. by expressing our purpose. It, it's you can't have one without the other. Otherwise, you just have a little hobby on the side, which is fine. Right, um, mm. but it, it's it's not the fullest expression, and so yes, you have to actually create uh, a caring community around you, join a community of, of kindred spirits, um, and um, and and by nature, you may even be cultivating whole new communities. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, exactly. And you can find your people who will support you in that. Could be some of your friends or other people who may be engaged in stepping into their purpose. You can also contact a purpose guide for purpose embodiment work. Yes. So there's there are resources available yes. if you open up receive them okay so it's time to start wrapping up here do you have any is there anything that you're sitting on like that you really would like to share about embodiment before we start closing <clears throat> I think uh, again I just want to come back to the the um, embodiment as sort of intentional action, 
right? Hmm. That it is up to each of us um, to take the initiative to figure out how to unfold this calling in, in the world. Hmm. Um, it's, it's not going to fall in your lap. Some yeah. people are, gra- are graced with, you know, an exceptional musical talent, <laughs> right? Hmm. And, um, you know, that kind of is a path-making uh, gift, right? You know, it just it kind of helps you get out into the world. But for many of us, you know, I, I, I talk about natural abilities. It's like, what are your natural abilities? And and then going out and exploring and cultivating those through your natural curiosity, through your passion, through creativity and imagination, and I, I think that's probably the one part that uh, you know to to d- dive into a little bit more is the power of of um, uh, having deep imagination as your ally on this journey Hmm. and by way of that also creativity and creative expression Hmm. um so when you come to those places of friction or confusion or dislocation or you know turn to your imagination turn to soul's infinite creative potentiality and do some inner dialogue or you know translating soul into some sort of experience out in the world so um, some creative writing you know around a question that you're stuck on Um, uh, experimenting as i said playing playing will take you deep into the imaginal and you, you can find um, so many ways in which to then give birth to the, to your image and to your calling in the world. Hmm. So imagination is, is, is essential. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so you can take some space here to share a little bit about what you offer and how people can contact you if they wish to do so and so on. Oh, well, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so there's there's basically two places to find me. <laughs> mm-hmm. One is at uh, Purpose Guides Institute, um, where I um, teach a few programs along with uh, the founder of, of the Institute, Jonathan Gustin. I teach... Um, purpose embodiment i do an integration program uh i lead um uh, some of the discovery work and then i also mentor guides uh in training so you can find me there um and then you can also find me at uh soultrue.org um where um I am a co-founder of that with my wife, uh, who's uh, also a purpose guide and a PhD in psychology. And we offer um, a whole host of um, programs, purpose discovery, embodiment, but also just other ways to cultivate soul and imagination in the world. 
uh, had um, community creating experiences, uh, the, the power of storytelling um, experiences. So there's 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 some to explore there, and then I do one on one guiding and group work through Soul Soul True, um, and I do that with everyone from CEOs to uh, parents to teachers to solo practitioners, etc. So thank you for that invitation. Yeah. Okay, so that was all for this episode. Thank you so much, Brody, for being on the Life Purpose podcast. Thank you. Thank you for offering this uh, opportunity and for this program. Um, may it be of use to whoever's listening. Mm. Thank you for listening to this episode. We recorded another 20 minutes afterwards, and you can find that on my website. You can sign up for a free membership and get access to all the bonus materials for all the episodes, as well as other materials such as a purpose discovery meditation. Just go to paulisari.com and find the members area in the menu. The bonus material for this episode is a purpose embodiment meditation. If your purpose is calling to you and you would like to make it your priority to find out what your true purpose is, I would be happy to guide you. I am a certified purpose guide and I guide people through a process that we call the Purpose Discovery Program. You can find out more about that on my website, paulisari.com. If you're interested in doing the program, I encourage you to contact me for a free introductory session. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.